The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I am very excited. And before I even get into why, huge beginning of the show. Thank you to our title sponsors, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Always by our side in everything we do here at Hoopball. They are with us 100%, our first ever partner on the show. They continue to stick by our side. Uh, sponsors of our draft guide. Sponsors of our draft guide as well. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. That's HawaiianIsles.com. H-I Kona Coffee on Twitter. You know the drill. You know the drill. You hear about it on every podcast. Just go try it, for goodness sake, if you haven't done it before. Do it now. Why keep waiting? We have like 95 things I got to talk about on today's podcast. This is the first. Hawaiian Isles is always the first. Right out of the chute. Not even, did I even tell you who I was yet? I might have. I forget. Either way. I got all these things that I'm excited about. And before we get to any of those, HawaiianIsles.com. HawaiianIsles.com. Go get a stinking bag. Do it on Amazon. Get it prime. Stop, stop dawdling, you turkeys. I am very excited about what we've got going on today. All week long, I keep I keep talking on this show about how many things we have, and I finally did a tweet storm yesterday, just listing all the stuff going on at Hoopball at the end of August. We're still like seven weeks from NBA actual games taking place. We're still probably four, five, six weeks away from most of your drafts, but we're going nuts over here. Here's the quick list of all the stuff that I want to try to get your way. Hoopball Leagues, we've been talking about. The Draft Guide, we've been talking about. Our new partner, MyBookie. A new podcast, which I'll be talking about extensively here momentarily. Another new podcast. That'll be next week. So I'll tell you more about that when we get there. Um, What am I forgetting? I'm forgetting at least a few things. Ah, they'll come back to me. That's fine. I already said it yesterday. This is why you should be writing things down. Um, Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter. Uh, We're going to be breaking down additional picks from Eric Ong's hyper-competitive 16-team fantasy league. That'll be me solo on the pick front today. We'll start at number 57 and work our way to whatever time we'll allow. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be talking to Adrian Benjamins, the pride of Friday here on Fantasy NBA Today. Get an A-B update. I'll get some of his thoughts on earlier picks from this same draft, and then he and I will close things out as we wrap up a full week of kind of going through some of these results. Uh, Also going to talk to the great coach, Joe Sarvati. He goes just by coach, but you can call him Joe. Uh, Later on on this podcast, that'll be as we get into a Team USA update, and also... And this is the big one. And I mentioned it just a moment ago. The big piece of news is that today at Hoopball, a brand new DFS podcast is launching. And you're like, Dan, that doesn't make any sense. It's August 29th. Why are you doing an NBA DFS podcast when there aren't NBA games for a month? Well, I have a good answer to that. Joe will fill in some of the details, but it's all strategy here at the outset uh, one to two shows a week while we get everybody situated, and then they'll be hitting the ground running uh, with many, 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 many shows as we get closer to the NBA season. But that show is dropping today, DFS Today. You can find it on iTunes, all the different places. I keep saying iTunes when I talk about these shows because please go check it out. Listen to Coach and Mike. Their debut episode should be dropping 15 minutes after this podcast comes out because I know they're recording it. Like, immediately after, Coach and I are going to do a hit. They're going to have their show basically done already. Uh, you got to check it out. It's going to be awesome. Those two guys are so funny. They're so smart. They know their DFS. They know their basketball. It's going to be this rare and wonderful combination of skill and entertainment that are coming to fill a huge void here at Hoopball. So I'm just so excited. Follow me, Hoopball Fantasy, Hoopball Tweets, Joe, uh, you can follow Coach or Apatria on Twitter. Those two guys are easy to find as well. Uh, And we'll all be tweeting it out all the time, like all day long. We're going to be sending out 
links to this new show. Uh, Coach's Twitter is at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. S as in Sam, V as in Victor, D as in dog, or the letters in that one that might sound like something else. Joe, S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And of course, Mike is at Mike, A-P-O-T-R-I-A, Mike Apatria. We're going to be sending that link out all day long. Please, we ask you with all of our hearts, go give that thing a nice five-star rating and review. Check it out. Subscribe. We want to blow that podcast out of the water here as we get it launched. And again, we'll, we'll be talking to Coach in just a few minutes. I want to dive right into the fantasy stuff today because there is so much promo going on that I know the, the actual content sometimes gets pushed back a tiny bit. So 57 is where we're picking up on this thing. 57 is where we left off yesterday with the wonderful Brandon Marcus. And so that is where we will pick up right now. Uh, 56 was Mike Conley. 57 is Demonis Sabonis, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, I think he's going to have a really nice year. I also think that he had such a big stretch of mega production last season that I think it clouded people's judgments just a tiny bit. Uh, Demonis Sabonis in 9-cat last year, finished outside the top 100 after sitting in that 60 to 70 range for a really long time. Everything just sort of came back to earth. His free throw percent came back to earth. His field goal percent came back to earth. And he became kind of a two-trick pony, which is points and rebounds. Uh, he does pass well out of the center spot. So you'll get you know closer to three assists per game, which is pretty high for someone with center eligibility. But at the same time, to me, the other stuff doesn't really cover for it. He doesn't block shots. He doesn't steal the ball. You guys know I need defensive stats, especially out of a big man that's not getting you both percentage categories. And so I'm not as high on Demonis as a lot of folks are. I think he's going to have a good year. He's going to see a ton of minutes on a team that lost that young, but they're going to want to stretch the floor. So guys like TJ Warren are going to slide up. They'll play some four. Uh, there's, there's not as much of a whopper of an opening as I think people would expect. So that 25 minutes might become more like 28 and that's a big deal. Um, but I, you know, I, in terms of what is about to happen with his game, it's, it's not to me, it, it, you know, I, we do a lot of this is too soon thing. This is too soon. There are other guys with more upside. And even though Sabonis has a pretty okay floor for someone you're drafting at the end of your fifth round, to me, it's not, it's not high enough. And there are just easier options on the table right now. Uh, pick 58 in this draft is Blake Griffin. And I think that's a pretty fair spot. He's going to have some holes in his game. He has nine cat holes because he doesn't shoot the free throw well. Better now than he used to. But he doesn't get any defensive stats. He has added the three-pointer, but his turnovers are going to be high because they're running offense through him in Detroit. This is fair. He was 62 per game last year. Played in 75 games. Um, I'm not a big Blake Griffin fan. I love that he moved a little closer to the bucket. So his field goal percent came back a bit. But he's another guy to me where there's limited upside and an injury history. So not a massive fan of him either. Uh, 59, Eric Bledsoe. I like this pick more than the other ones, even though on the surface, his numbers were not that much better than these other guys last year. But he was number 43 on a per-game basis, and by all accounts, everyone in Milwaukee should have just a little bit more responsibility with Malcolm Brogdon gone. And I know he was out for stretches last year as well, so it, you know we already sort of know what you're going to get out of Bledsoe. This was, it was a down free-throw shooting year for Eric, so that's a number that could actually regress in a positive direction. He's always been a good steals guy, high field goal percent guy from the point guard spot, he could be a guy that does okay in both percentages and gets you almost two combined steals and blocks per game. The fact that he's fallen this far after a season that frankly didn't warrant it. He played 78 games last year, so 43 on a per-game basis, and better than that by totals. 30 by totals. There's just no reason for him to have fallen this far. I know he's not a sexy pick, but you know the Phoenix years are behind him. He's a wonderful get. At 60, effectively. He's 59 in this draft. I'm rounding up, which is a bad habit to get into since specifics do matter in life and certainly in fantasy. And now I think maybe the most important thing here is to figure out where he's often going. And I've got to think that this is a bit on the late side for Bledsoe, but I could be wrong. Maybe this is just who he's become now. 
And indeed, his ADP is outside the top 50. He's going about 57 in Yahoo leagues. That's an incredible steal to get at the end of the fifth round, to be able to snag a guy that's like a 1A or a 1B or a number two point guard with a massively high floor. I love it. I love it. Steven Adams going at number 60. Again, this is, uh, this is a team that's punting free throws. We've determined that on an earlier episode of this podcast. But I also would caution folks that even if you're punting, you do want to be a little bit careful that you're not taking guys so early that you could have gotten someone else first. Still, this is going to be a big year for Steven Adams. He was number 78 in 9-cat on a per-game basis last year. He played in 80 ball games, 14 and 9 and a half, two and a half combined defensive stats, terrible foul shooter, but no Russell Westbrook stealing his rebounds this year. I would venture to guess that Westbrook took two of Steven Adams' rebounds almost every game. You're going to see him go up. There's no way around it. Chris Paul is going to still get him great looks. He's still going to miss his free throws. He's still going to get steals and blocks, be incredibly durable. He's probably going to still get about his 10 shots per game, maybe slightly more. Honestly, like there's no reason why that number should come down with Westbrook chucking away somewhere else and Chris Paul more of a low usage point guard. But they do have Gallo. They'll have some pieces that all. They're just more shots. You know what? However you do the math, Paul George and Russell Westbrook are gone, and the guys that came in are not going to take as many volume opportunities as those two dudes. This should be a really good year for Steven Adams. Uh, the fact that this team is punting makes this a really easy pick at 60. Even if you're not, you could make that play, and I could make a case why it's totally fine. The question, of course, is as you make these selections, where are these guys going if you didn't take them? And his ADP, ADP is around 68. So he probably wasn't getting back to this team, and especially for a team that's punting. That's a guy you have to take right at that spot. A brief respite here, uh, breaking down players, because again, I'm, I'm moving through them at, at kind of a quick clip today. I want to cover some more ground because yesterday we really dug in deep and, and maybe didn't cover uh, quite as many names I would have wanted. We did 16 and I wanted to get to 20. We'll take a quick respite here to tell you guys about our newest partner here on Fantasy NBA Today, and that is our good buddies at MyBookie.com. I switched my money over. I'll be straight with you guys. Uh... I think a lot, of, a lot of life is about honesty and full disclosure. Full disclosure, I switched my money over from Bovada to MyBookie. I think you guys should also. Uh, they are more easily accessible. You can reach them on Twitter very quickly. They, uh, I included them in a tweet that I sent out, and they liked it within about four seconds. BetMyBookie is their Twitter account. They've got free, uh, I shouldn't say free, they've got a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks on your first deposit with promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. Another reason, by the way, to move your money from one book to my bookie. You take whatever you've got somewhere else, you cash it out. And I know it's going to take two months to get a check from one of these other stinky ones. Uh, just assume you're going to get that. Make your deposit. Get your bonus. Don't wait until the check comes in from the other place. The money's all going to even out. Make your deposit, whatever it is, 250 bucks if that's what you got floating around somewhere. Cash that check out from your other book. Make the deposit. Get matched from my bookie. So your 250 becomes 500. Then you just got to bet it. That's all you got to do with that. You can't cash it out immediately. That would be crazy. You got to bet it and play it. But here's the thing. MyBookie.com, their motto, bet, win, get paid. It's that easy. Promo code is today, T-O-D-A-Y. Their website, MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Do not forget to use that promo code today. They've got live in-game betting on every NFL game. That's happening. The most rewarding player perks in the business. So as you bet, you accrue perks. And for us, fantasy degenerates, we're both, we're betting in fantasy, you can bet overs and unders, total bets on fantasy points that different NFL players are going to get during their game. So if you know football and you love fantasy, my bookie's the place to be. I said it already. Full disclosure, I'm moving my money over there. I'd only recommend a service that I'm using myself that is proven, and my bookie is just that. So thanks again for coming on with us, uh, joining us here on Fantasy NBA Today as our newest partner. Check them out post-haste. Back into the fantasy stuff. Do another five picks here, and then I want to talk to Coach. I don't want to make him wait too much longer. Uh, 61, DeMar DeRozan. I actually love this pick. 
You guys know I'm not a huge DeMar DeRozan fan from a fantasy standpoint, but he was number 44 last year. He's always number 44. He's always number 44. Why? I mean, what's going to change? His assists? Is that what everybody's afraid of? That his assists are going to come down? They might. They were a career high last year. But it doesn't matter. He's always 44. Every year he's 44. And every year he plays 74 to 80 games. He only had one season in his career where he was truly dinged up. He's been durable. He's been reliable. He did, he's been good in both percentages a couple of different times, including last year. He eliminated the three-pointer, but eh, who cares? Everybody shoots him now. He's going to get you 1.1 steals. He's going to get you five or more rebounds, probably. You know, they need him rebounding with this Spurs team. He's going to get you four to six assists in that range. He's going to get you 20-plus points. He's going to be a top 50 guy. He always is. His ADP is in the 40s, but everybody hates him right now. And I'm not seeing it. He's an easy pick, especially in the 60s. Not going to excite you, but man, I mean, we're now, we're now into the sixth round for a guy that is consistently, consistently a fourth round value or better. Jamal Murray at 62 is the next one on the list. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's podcast. I'm not a massive Jamal Murray fan. I've said it before. I've always been off by a year on my predictions with him. Uh, but what we saw last year was what can happen when the shots are not falling at the same clip. He's a very good foul shooter. He can score. But Jokic is the passer on that team. So Murray's always going to be in that four to five assist range instead of traditional point guard that might get you closer to six. He's not a big defensive stats guy. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to see his blocks numbers actually come down. Steals are not super high. Rebounds are not super high. Threes are good, but to me, you know, I've mentioned it before, that's not a difference maker for me. So why am I supposed to believe that this dude's going to make this massive leap on a Denver team that has eight guys on it that are all going to deserve playing time? I don't have that massive confidence in Jamal Murray that, that other folks do. And maybe he'll, maybe he'll turn the corner, and maybe he'll be a top 50 guy this year. But it's going to have to be a big leap in field goal percent or scoring. He's going to have to get up to like 24 points a game, or his field goal percent is going to have to come from 43.5 to about 46 or more. And I don't, I don't know that I believe either of those things is going to happen this year. So he feels like top 60 is the maximum upside. And that's where he's going because there's a lot of buzz around his name. I would, and this is a crazy thing to say, in a vacuum, I'd rather have Chris Paul, who was taken at 63 in this particular draft. Now, head-to-head, that's a difficult proposition. Of course, this is a draft that is head-to-head, and Jamal Murray's more liable to play down the stretch. But Chris Paul, I mean, we saw it last year, number 23 on a per-game basis in by far his worst season as a pro. At least, you know, once he was playing legitimate minutes. He's due for a whopper of a bounce back. I love the fact that no, nobody wants anything to do with him. People really don't realize that in Roto, you can pile up some serious stats in 65 games. And if you're a top 20 guy, top 24 guy in 65 games, you're a fourth-round pick by totals. Chris Paul's ADP is 30. And in this league, because it's head-to-head, he fell to 63. I get it. You're rolling the dice that maybe he gets traded to Miami and they need him to play down the stretch. Because, okay, say we'll let him rest. There's no question. If he's still in Oklahoma City at the end of the year, he's not going to play in all of those games. The question is... Can you be okay with that on your Roto team? Probably. Can you be okay with that scenario on your head-to-head team? No, that'd be really tough. So you probably have to let him go in head-to-head, playoff formats at least, uh, unless you think he's getting traded to the Heat. And at 63, you almost have to take that chance. Because you're talking about a guy that could easily be a top 20 per game player. And then you just roll the dice. I mean, that dude could carry you. He's your sixth round pick. That could almost carry you in the point guard stats for an entire season. And then you just have to hope he plays 75% of his games in your playoffs. So what? You blow a sixth round pick? What if he didn't play all year? You'd still be fine. What if he's almost a first round value all year? You got to do it. Okay, let's bring in coach. I don't make him wait any longer. He wants to talk about his new show and I don't blame him. 
Ah, you guys are sick of listening to me talk to myself. This is the that's the Dan Bespris hour. This is that's not what this show is called. Uh, I'm bringing in a fella who has energy for days. I already told you he was coming up in a few minutes on the podcast. He's been hosting, co-hosting our Friday shows throughout the off season. You get to listen to him today on Thursday. My good buddy, the inimitable. I went to my five dollar word on that one, Coach Joe. What's up, Coach? How you doing, Dan? It is great to be here with you, man. Great to talk to you, and thanks for uh, plugging me in today. Oh, my God. We got big news today. How could I not? How could I not? Coach, you and Mike have a brand new show coming out today. How excited are you? Yes. Oh, man, I'll tell you. I am just, I can't wait to get going. We're, we're going to be uh, doing the show here uh, shortly. Uh, so, you know, we're, I'm just getting, uh, excited. It's, it's called Hoopball DFS today, and, uh, it's going to be sponsored by fantasy draft. Uh, uh, they really stepped up and, uh, we're just ec- ecstatic to get it going. We're going to really be a, a differentiator in the industry and, and put a whole new twist to, uh, your DFS NBA preparation and strategy, uh, and just, you know, get a lot of, uh, listener involvement. We're, we're ecstatic, man. Can't wait. Yeah. So, uh, the few things that I know you're working on with this show and reasons for people to get as, to get as excited as I am. And I, so here's the thing. I, people know, people can see through me if I'm feigning excitement and I am not with this show. I, I've said it from the standpoint, and I'll, I'll try to pull people behind the curtain here for a minute from the standpoint of someone who handles most of the podcast and audiovisual stuff at Hoopball. I am so excited to fill a noted void in our podcast coverage. This is like this is something coach that's been eating at me for 3 years. Why how can we not have this service available to people? So that's number 1. You guys, you and Mike are providing uh it's no longer a stopgap. It's a it's a pivotal and going to be fantastic, uh, professionally produced show to uh, to fill a need, a need that we have here at Hoopball. That's number one. Number two, uh, still kind of staying behind the curtain, but less so, you and Mike are hilarious. You guys are entertaining. So that's a great feather in your cap. Number three, you guys both win at DFS, which is a great thing for people to know as they're listening to the podcast. And this is number four. This is the personal standpoint. For a long time, I've actually wanted to do more on the DFS side, but there's been one sort of a lack of time combined with a lack of knowledge, and now I have my one-stop shop. I can listen to your podcast and go make my DFS lineup. I don't have to do anything else. I mean, I should probably do other stuff, but finally I have this easy avenue. So, Coach, from the bottom of my heart, for so many reasons, as I just outlined, thank you to you and Mike for picking up this torch and running with it. Well, we can't wait, man. I, I mean, it's there's so much synergy with the DFS world, with you know all of the other things that Hoopall you know has focused on, with uh, year-long leagues, dynasty leagues, head-to-head leagues, just overall NBA fantasy basketball, and we're going to tie all of those together in our show. Uh, you know, we're going to really uh, talk about individual players, values, usage, game behind the game. You know, just those edges that will give the DFS players and the year-long and head-to-head league players and dynasty players that are looking to put their lineups together for the upcoming week. It's going to answer, you know, hopefully all of those areas. And, you know, again, it's it's something that I'm, you know, I'm very familiar with the, the DFS basketball world. And and uh, the most exciting part about it is, is being able to do this with hoop ball because, you know, it, it's been such a pleasure for me to be involved the last eight months. You guys are just the absolute best of the best. And I'm honored to, to be able to launch this with uh, Mr. Apatria and get it going. All right. So I'm going to take a break from you and I rubbing sunscreen on one another here and ask you a little bit more about the content. What, what is the content of the show? Because right now there's no basketball. Correct. Uh, what we're going to do this, you know, we're, we have a show uh, each week, again, today is going to be uh, the first show that we're putting out. Uh, we'll do one once a week, uh, closing in on the preseason. We will have one special Friday uh, show that will uh, will fit in there 
that we'll we'll give out the info on that soon because there's a little special uh, offer with that. Uh, and we're, and we're really just going to look to sort of put our arms around the whole DFS world from a strategy standpoint, preparation. You know, I tweeted out uh, something on uh, earlier today about you know my mantra of success occurs when opportunity meets preparation, and if you want to be successful in fantasy leagues, whether whatever format it is, and specific, specifically DFS because it's a new game every day, you have to prepare. So we're going to be talking a lot about that prep, exact preparation. How did all of these offseason moves affect uh, what teams' uh, production is going to be? There should be some enormous advantages for people to make money early on in the season, in preseason, and early on until all of the sites can adjust the pricing of the players. You know, the first example that comes to mind is like a Westbrook and Harden. The, the usage factor of those two guys, they were number one and three in the entire league last year. Now they're on the same team. So how is that going to affect what actual production they put out with what their cost will be? So we're going to break down every layer of it. We're going to go through all the moves that happen. And it's, it's really important. It's listening. It's not going to just be filler stuff until the season starts. It's going to be what we're hoping is going to be your ground floor basis of everything that you go into this season's fantasy and DFS basketball world with. And how do, when do things ramp up for the show? When do they get into actual lineups? Is that, is that something you guys are going to be doing on the podcast is really is setting lineups and going through the whole card? We are not going to do that because the pricing of the players does not come out until the preseason starts. Okay, so that'll so be later on. That will be later on. The first uh, six episodes will be basically everything I just stated now, which is, like again, I think it's foundational if you want to have a winning season. So, you know, this next six weeks are when other people are, are tuning out to listen to football starting and this and that. This is where you get your edge. And this this is a competitive game. There's a lot of DFS sharks out there, and we want to give you that that edge over the top in this preparation time that's going to make you a winner for the whole year. So uh, you and Mike coming together, the killer from Connecticut, the, the terrible Texan. Uh, this show is also brought to us all by someone, is it not? It is. I'm gonna it let you. Is. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let you get a sponsor in on Fantasy NBA today. Uh, a special bonus for these for our new buddies. Well, it, it's uh, Fantasy Draft, and I am am so proud that uh, we've been able to partner with them. Uh, we'll have an uh, an incredible offering. That uh, you know what? I'll break the news right now. How about that? We'll break it now, and then I'll mention it on our sh- our first show. But since you are the man, mm. uh, let's mention it here. But if you go uh, to fantasydraft.com and you put in the promo hoop dash ball, that's H O O P, don't forget the dash, B A L L, you will receive a one week free trial membership with Fantasy Draft that's worth $1,000 of rake free play. And that's serious stuff, man. I mean, we're talking about you enter a $50 tournament, every penny that goes into that, that tournament is paid out. So that first $1,000 that you utilize, uh, no rake whatsoever. And that's with that special hoop-ball.com. Or I'm sorry, hoop-ball code. Yeah, see, that's where we're going to get, because we're hoop-ball.com. So that's going to throw us for a loop here. Uh, they also, by the way, Fantasy Draft, rake-free DFS. They also have, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I, I know this because I made a terrible lineup. You called me a fish, coach. Oh, I that you weren't supposed to see that, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I, they, they're running a 20K uh, uh, free roll that it locks on Thursdays at 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, the link will is on our website and all over Twitter. And uh, that's a great way, you know, if you're just looking to mess around. Uh, and get into some free roll uh, football uh, play, which uh, you can win. The first 75 folks get free tickets into their rake-free million-dollar. They do have a million-dollar rake-free game uh, for football on September 8th. So, you know, just a way to start getting involved with those guys. And, and again, it's just it's a great uh, 
joining of forces here with Hoopball and Fantasy Draft. Yeah, I should say so. Thanks to uh, our buddy Mike over at Fantasy Draft for helping set all of this up. Uh, that is the presenting sponsor of Hoopball DFS. Of course, we've also got our good buddies, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. They are a partner in all of our shows here at Hoopball. Uh, Coach, in terms of, I'm just going to throw a few promo things out there, and then I want to get some Team USA updates. I need to hear what's going on with our guys abroad. Uh, the DFS show is being released today, Thursday. First episode will be posted, and then we'll get the links everywhere. The show actually does exist already. There were some old episodes that had been sort of pinging around like, a, like an old pachinko machine. Um, so the show page already is out there, but the only episode that was listed as of Wednesday night was one of those old ones. That's not Coach and Mike. The first episode from Coach and Mike Apatria will come uh, today, Thursday, probably by, I would think, late morning. It might be, actually, it might be dropping around the same time as this episode of Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, so check that out. Make sure to rate and review the podcast over at iTunes. It's going to be everywhere. iTunes. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, you name it, it will be there. Coach, I am freaking stoked for you and Mike to get rolling. Good luck with the podcast is where I will leave you with that. And now, what do we got going on with our guys? Team USA, last thing I saw, and I'm sure something has happened since then, last thing I saw was when they lost. Well, and, you know, a lot of people saw that. I mean, for those that have been paying attention, but let's let's talk a little bit USA basketball here because for us uh, NBA junkies, you know, this is all we've got right now, and it is representing our country, and, you know, it is a bit of a story. So uh, just to give a quick uh, catch everybody up, we're talking about uh, Team USA for the FIBA World Championships, which start in two days, exactly two days from right now, I think, is – the tip of our first game. Um, you know, the, the big story through the last month has been basically all the players that have dropped out of Team USA. That's what everybody's talked about. Uh, in actuality, no one was ever cut. The, the group of 46 that started out, uh, tons dropped out initially, a bunch dropped out before they left. We had injuries, so we're left with 12-man stand, 12 men standing. But it's all right. We're, we're solid. We've got a good team. Um, we're going to be very competitive. Uh, and let me explain something here because I want to make sure uh, everybody, most people don't understand this. They just think, oh, okay, NBA guys are too good for this or you know, nobody cares about Team USA basketball. That's not the case whatsoever. What's driven this change is FIBA, which you know, I don't want to even get started on FIBA, the, the whole organization, the decisions they make and, and everything else is – is uh, very inconsistent. But they used to have the FIBA World Championships every the two off year, two years difference from the Olympics. So, for example, it would you know be uh, two years for FIBA, then the Olympics, and then two years later, FIBA again, et cetera. Well, they decided last this past uh, two years ago to change it and have the FIBA World Champions Championships the year before the Olympics. So what's taken place, and it's very understandable, is that's asking a lot for like the LeBrons of the world. If they commit to this FIBA team, that means they're playing basically throughout the entire summer. This, this world championship ends two weeks before preseason. Then they get into a whole nother season. And then next summer, I have to do the Olympics. Just not, not wise for anybody. No, so no, that makes that's, no sense. The, that's the, what's happened. So... In essence, is this what, wait? This, let me jump in for one second. So the sure. la, I, I know this is this has been going on 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 kind of a loop like that, and it, it's oddly reminiscent, at least for me, of whatever it was 13, 14 years ago when we had a ton of dropouts, and it seemed like Team USA wasn't taking things seriously, and then they actually lost. They didn't win it. That was right after I finished undergrad, I believe. So like two thousand five or six. Am I getting that right? Yes, yes, we did have uh, we did have a little bit of a an issue there, and that's when really you know Jerry Colangelo, Coach K, everybody stepped up and said, "Hey, let's you know let's take this more serious. Let's you know build it from within." And it's worked fantastic. This first hiccup is strictly because of what I just explained—the whole FIBA to to Olympic gold scenario. So yes, you're right. Uh, I think that that's going to be fixed. 
And, and here's how I see it falling out. I think what's going to happen, Dan, going forward is this FIBA World Championships is going to be more like for our select under-23 team, you know, the, where they can just organize it, like Fox and, and uh, Bagley and those guys. And that'll be the team that represents us in this. And then the veteran guys that want, you know, for the gold, the LeBrons and ADs, Will, will be the Olympic. Uh, that's from the, the interview I saw with Calangelo, that's sort of the direction it's going. And this this year sort of got caught in between the adjustment. But we still have a good team. Um, you want me to go into a little bit of our roster? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, first of all, we, we had four. Uh, the loss you took uh, talked about was, was the first loss in 88 games for us. So, yes, that did sting. Uh, you know, I, I went uh, dark on Twitter for about 12 hours and hit <laughs> under my covers. As you know, our buddy Adrian Benjamin's rubbed it in. But uh, anyway, um, we, we beat Spain. Uh, we beat Australia. Then we had that horrific loss to Australia and then finished up with a, a good win against Canada a couple days ago. So we're primed and ready to go. It looks like uh, obviously uh, a big advantage of having Greg Popovich as our coach. I mean, he's like greatest NBA coach ever, if you ask me. Uh, so he's leading the team. The main rotation looks like it's going to be Kemba, Donovan, Mitchell, Middleton, Barnes, Turner, which is probably, you know, the five most key guys. And then from what I've seen, the, the guys that will be important in the rotate, rotation also will be Jason Tatum, Smart, uh, Harris, and Brown. So we'll have uh, – you know, a, a good group of guys that uh, I think are, are still going to do well. We're still favorites to win it. We certainly have to be very cautious, you know, as that Australia ex Australian exhibition game proved, uh, you know, on any given night we can be stung, but we're still favorites. So what's coming up next? Uh, ne coming up next, uh, we are in Group E, which uh, is with the Czech Republic, Czech Republic, Turkey and Japan. You be careful, so those, coach. You're going to get yourself in trouble with uh, some of our listeners abroad again. No, no, no. I I love those guys. In fact, I'm going to talk a little bit about once I go through our initial schedule here of who our biggest competition is, and I will certainly uh, give good high praise. And I appreciate all the Twitter follow following I'm getting from Serbia and our listeners uh, with that team. A lot of pride. Uh, in their squad, just like we have in ours. But uh, to go back to the Group E, we start Sunday, like I said. Uh, so, you know, three the the games open Saturday, and so three days from today is Sunday, which is our first game against the Czech Republic. Then Tuesday we play Turkey, Thursday Japan. Those should be three simple games. Those are not highly ranked teams. So we will get out of pool play. And then uh, I, what I did is sort of jotted down four specific teams uh, that are going to probably be, give us the most trouble and could knock us off. Do you have any guesses on those teams, Dan? Let's see if you have any international basketball. Well, uh, let's see. I, I think I'd probably have to go Spain. Are they still a powerhouse? Yes, they are. Spain okay. is one of the teams. Uh, we did scrimmage them in our first scrimmage and beat them, but... Again, you know, they, they weren't going full board. Uh, they have uh, Rubio, Marcus Gasol, both Hernan Gomez brothers, and Rudy Fernandez, who uh, has been a longtime uh, solid player for Spain. So they are right now the, the fourth favorite okay. uh, well, behind we lost, us, but they're good. We lost to Australia, so they've got to be on the list, right? They are not on the list. Oh my they goodness. are not on the list. That. That was such a freaky loss that made no sense, uh, you know. And I, I'm for us, our Australian friends, which we have some great ones. In fact, you know, we posted my my uh, friend Yatin uh, took in the game in person and and sent us some good videos to put on uh, put on hoopball. But I do not have them on the list, although we know, you know, Patty Mills and and. Uh, Aaron Baines and those guys, you know, they're scrappy. That's yep. for sure. And my guy, Smoking Joe Ingles, 
Can't leave out Smoking Joe. Uh, well, oh, he, he was awesome, man, that other night. He was fantastic. Well, I got to go Serbia then because they have one of the best centers in the NBA and he's playing for their team. And, and again, I'm not just saying this because, you know, Serbia is now my, my second family and second home. In fact, I was invited to do a podcast there, which I would love to do someday. But they are the second choice and definitely the biggest uh, threat to, to knock the USA off. I mean, they've got, uh, I mean, listen, this group is really solid. First of all, they have a tremendous coach by the name of Alexander Dordevich. <laughs> You've been working on that, haven't you? (laughs) I have been working on that, man, and the spelling and everything. But, yeah, he's a a hero there, played for years, uh, terrific coach. But, you know, like you said, they have Jokic at the center spot, which, you know, really, in my opinion, the center spot is our weakest position for Team USA. So that that hurts double there. Uh, Then they have Bogdanovich, the sharpshooter that just signed with the Jazz. He, He led the NBA in threes. Uh, last year. He's awesome. Uh, Tia Sovich, who uh, played a little bit there for the Clippers. I think he's back in uh, Spain, uh, Spain full time, but yeah, of course. Terrific player. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Belita, who's, you know, solid Kings player. And of course, Boban of all people is also on that team. Mm. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's a pretty formidable team amongst other guys. So they are definitely our biggest threat. Well, I'm looking at some of the best players in the NBA and trying to feel get a feel for their home nation. I, I mean, I would say Giannis. Uh, you got it, dude. Go. That's that's team number three, and it's basically just because of Giannis. Uh, his <laughs> his one brother is playing as well, but Giannis is on a mission. I mean, he's if you've seen stuff with him, he's put on another like 20 pounds of muscle. He looks like just a video game player out there, but um, he's playing fantastic. Uh, Papa Giannis, the big guy that played for the Rockets for a while is on that team. And they have a couple other uh, good guys, like I said, his brother as well. But, you know, when you have Giannis on a mission, he can get a lot of uh, trouble done. But they are definitely, you know, going to be competitive for sure. So you got one left, brother. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I got to find another one in this mess. Okay. Uh, one last, one, last uh, one, and you'll sweep the, the family feud board. Eastern Europe? Let, let me put it to you this way. Uh, they are known for their lovers. France? You got it. You got it. <laughs> Who am I forgetting? What are the what? Are, what guys do we have on that team anymore? Well, Rudy Gobert. Oh, Gobert, the, of course. The, the Stifle Tower is is leading the way with that team. Plus, they have uh, Batum, Fournier, Nidalekina, and uh, Decolo, who's played fantastic for them. Uh, so that's that's a pretty stacked group of guys and some experienced guys that that know how to win. So, yeah, they're definitely a danger Mm. as well. Uh, Remind everybody again the next game for Team USA when it's on. That game will be Sunday versus the Czech Republic. And it's in China, so the hours are, like, so kooky. The best thing you can do is just go to usabasketball.com, and they, they sort of give you the schedule and what time in each zone that it is. To figure it out but it is this coming sunday against the czech republic all right coach i'm gonna let you go but before we do one more time nba dfs today by hoop ball it's coming out today how excited are you and how excited should everybody else be i want you to hit him with, hit him with the big coach hammer hoop ball dfs today brother let's go <laughs> that's perfect thank you coach we'll talk to you soon thanks brother see ya That was a not surprisingly very excited Coach Joe Sarvati introducing the new DFS. DFS. Sean Connery'd my way through that one. DFS Today NBA podcast here at HoopBall dropping momentarily. By the time you finish this podcast, the other one will be up. That's basically a guarantee. Uh, Jumping back into the draft results. I want to do a few more. I want about another round of this bad boy. Remind you guys about Hoop Ball Leagues before we sign off, and then we'll get you geared up for tomorrow. We left off at number 64, and that was Jonas Valanciunas, who, I'll be honest, I'm surprised. I am very surprised. I thought he would go sooner. But Brandon Marcus, God love him. He was right. 
He tried to tell me two weeks ago that the only people that were paying attention to Jonas Valanciunas were the people that picked him up in fantasy after he moved to Memphis. Now, let's be very clear. His time in Memphis was superb. But he had a few weird things that were kind of sagging his value a tiny bit. His free throw number wasn't quite as good with the Grizzlies. That could actually regress in a positive direction. His blocks were high. Those will probably come down a little bit. Turnovers were high. Those might come down a little bit as well. Still, it's very hard to argue with a high-volume 55% field goal. He was at 20-11 and 11 with the Grizz. Two assists, 1.6 blocks, and 77% of the foul line, which, again, low for him. And he was number 47 over that last, whatever it was, two months with Memphis. I don't see much in the way of reasons why he shouldn't be able to get into that top 50 range again. Because the things that level off, namely free throw percent, that to me is a big one. That's a guy, this is a guy in Valanciunas who's been for three years better than 77%. For his career, he's 79 but that's because he came in at 77, 78, and he's worked his way up to 82. If you turn 77 into 82 at a high volume, he becomes a big positive in that category. I do think his field goal percent is going to be lower in Memphis than it was in Toronto because he's going to have to do a little bit more. But the volume is going to be so high that it's actually going to probably counterbalance or even outweigh it. Maybe the blocks come down. You know, he's playing 30 minutes a game. He should be able to get over a block a game just from being out on the floor. And I, I just, his rebounds are going to be huge because the other big men there are not rebounders. I know everybody loves Jaron Jackson Jr., but he's not a big rebounding sort. So Valanciunas is going to be gobbling up boards. He does it in potentially three out of my four favorite categories, both percents and the two defensive stats. He'll get you some points. He's going to get you a ton of rebounds. The only thing he's not going to do is hit a bunch of three-pointers I, I, or get you steals. I don't care. And if the turnovers come down from 2.7 back to like 1.8, that's another massive jump. I mean, we're talking about a guy that really could be a top 40 fantasy player. I'm extraordinarily surprised at how late he's going. He's, his ADP is 62, so this is right on the mark for him. 64 in this league. I love this pick. Larry Markkinen. At number 65, the only fear here is, will he ever truly be healthy? And I have to think the answer is yes. I think that Chicago has been babying him because they've been terrible and kind of pre-tanking, as it were. But he did only play 52 games last year. Still, in his 52 games, he was number 41. What is it that people don't like about Lowry Markkinen that's causing him to fall little by little? I think that he will go earlier than this in your draft. I think that someone overlooked him. Uh, his ADP is 47, and I would be pretty surprised if he fell much further than that in your draft. The fact that he slipped 18 slots in this one was a big surprise, and I have to think it's an injury concern, but I think Chicago's actually going to be fighting for the eight seed. They don't have the world's best playoff schedule. I believe they're only a nine-gamer, but it also depends on when your league ends. Look at what your playoff calendar is, so maybe that won't be the same issue for you as others. Even if his steals and blocks stay relatively low, which I think they probably will. He's not that kind of guy. Uh, high teens in points, decent rebounding numbers, a bunch of three-pointers, very good free-throw shooter, low turnovers. He's a solid 9-cad guy that does it in slightly different categories than Valanciunas, but, I mean, you're talking about center-eligible guys at this point in your draft. Those are great gets with upside. I love both of those picks. Same guy actually got it in this league, so... Uh, Good selections there. I don't know what the hell other players he has on his team. Looking up and down the list, it looks like certain guys are just missing picks, so they've probably traded things. Zach Levine going at number 66. This is fair for him. His ADP is around 49, which is, uh, in my estimation, too high. I, I prefer where he was selected in this one. He was number 63 on a per-game basis last year. And that probably won't change a ton. He's going to be a high-volume guy with some rebounds, some assists, not a ton of defensive stats. He'll knock down some threes. Percentages are solid. This is who he is. There's never. I don't think there's ever going to be that next gear with him. That next gear is going to have to be dramatically lowering turnovers if you're a 9-cat. Uh, or if you're an 8-cat, I honestly don't know how he goes up 
from where he is in eight. This that's about as good as it gets. In nine cat, there is some small amount of wiggle room, uh, which is what this draft is, by the way. And in eight cat, he's sort of maxed out at whatever that point is. Terry Rozier at sixty seven. I don't like this pick. Sorry uh, to the team that got him. Um, I, I, he's extremely unproven. And I know that anybody sliding into a starting point guard job deserves at least a look. But I I detest his stat set. His ADP is 63, which is way too high. Uh, He's a terrible shooter. Career 38% from the field. You're talking about a guy, by the way, career 78% at the free throw line. Not good in either of those for a point guard. Steals, yeah, he'll probably get you, I don't know, 1.2. 1.3 max. Six assists you're looking at. I mean, what is he going to be? 15 and 6 with 1.2 steals and terrible percentages? That's not good enough. It's not good enough to dictate where he's going to get drafted. He's a starting point guard, so he's going to get that massive push, but I don't think he's going to be that great. And frankly, looking at this draft, the guy that went right behind him was Malcolm Brogdon, who has an ADP of about 68 and I think deserves every bit of it. Mentioned it on yesterday's podcast. Malcolm Brogdon with Milwaukee last year. 15.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 3.2 assists. Not a ton of defensive stats. Only .9 combined. And I don't think he's ever going to be that great in this department. But 93% of the free throw line, 50 from the field. He's a 43%er from downtown. And he's going to a team that's going to need him to do more on offense which is a pretty remarkable thing to think of. He's going to Indiana, who lost Darren Collison to retirement, Thad Young to a different move, which doesn't really impact him. And then Victor Oladipo is likely out for the first two months of the year. Yes, they picked up some additional pieces. Wesley Matthews, I but no, I'm messing that one up. Is he in Indiana now? I'll get my numbers right. Uh, TJ Warren is in Indiana now. Miles Turner, Demonis Sabonis, the front court is pretty well locked in. Until Victor Oladipo comes back, they don't have a whole lot of stuff going on in that backcourt. So I think Brogdon is going to have to do a lot, which might put a very small dent into that obscenely high field goal percent. Maybe he can't keep it at 50. Jeremy Lamb, by the way, he'll be playing a bunch of time at shooting guard until Oladipo comes back. But this is a team that lost a few pieces of their identity I think Brogdon's going to see a, a significant role, and I love this pick. I love it. I think he's, I think he's going to have a great year, and the fact that he's going in the 60s, he's a, he's a super safe pick at that point. Aaron Gordon at 69. He's finally getting drafted where he belongs, which is sort of my assessment on this one. He finished at 96 last year. I think he'll be better than that this season. I still want nothing to do with him. I get it. You can take a shot on it. If something goes breaks right for him, uh, again, this is this is a punt free throw team in this league, so we'll we'll put that little preface on it. Aaron Gordon's ADP is 72. If you pull his bad free throw shooting numbers out, he does come up from 96 a little bit, but not enough actually, because he was at 16 points, seven rebounds, almost four assists, 0.7 steals, 0.7 blocks. The problem with Aaron Gordon is the fact that he shot 45%. That's not great for a power forward. He'll be fine. He's just not my cup of tea. Karis LeVert at number 70. Um, I'm lower on him than most, which is probably not fair. Uh, his ADP is 90, so he did get scooped up pretty early in this particular format. Here's my issue with LeVert. Even when he got off to that rip-roaring start last year, he still wasn't posting high fantasy numbers because he has holes in his game. He's a bad field goal percent and free throw percent guy. That's a hard thing to overcome, even when your other stuff is pretty cool. Karis LeVert has the ability to do a whole bunch of other stuff, which is fine. That's great. He can score, rebound, assist, some threes. A little bit of stuff on the defensive end. He should be able to get you some steals. But when you're bad at both percentages, that sinks you. It's hard to come back from that, so I'm not taking him this early. I'm not that. I'm not thrilled by the even on a Brooklyn team that's going to need him to do a whole bunch of stuff. I just I'm not that excited about having this guy have more volume under his belt buckle. 
Number 71. Winding things down here with just a couple minutes left on the show. Number 71 is Josh Richardson. I like this pick. I like it a lot. Josh Richardson had a weird season in Miami last year. He ended up at number 70 in 9-cap because he just couldn't shoot to save his life. Couldn't shoot to save his life. Uh, My only issue with this pick is that I wonder if he could be had later. Maybe the answer is no. This might just be where he belongs. You'll see his scoring come down. But we don't want the scoring. We want the Josh Richardson of the two previous years in Miami where he played fewer minutes and had more defensive stats. And I think you're going to get something like that in Philadelphia. 1.3, 1.4 steals would not surprise me at all. Maybe improve his shot selection. Maybe, you know, 40% of his shots don't have to come from three-point land. Maybe that, maybe that number could be a little lower. Even if it does, maybe they'll be open. He's a very good foul shooter. He's going to be swinging the ball, so I think the the four assists could actually hold, despite the fact that he's not really a point guard. He's just going to be on a team with a lot of really good basketball players and some that know how to move the ball. Uh, This could be a nice little efficiency bounce back year for Richardson. So yeah, you get him at 70. Uh, The upside is capped, obviously, with his role on this team at, you know, somewhere in that 55 range, but I really don't see him dropping any farther than about 80. He's a guy that I think you could safely pluck plop on almost any fantasy team and he'll have a decent spot DeJounte Murray at 72 too early too early I'll just be brief on this one uh his ADP is 94 you don't have to take him this soon he's going to be in a battle with Derek White I mean if you're going to take a point guard with the sort of goofball stat set that DeJounte Murray has, which is a stat set I love, by the way. So I hope people aren't taking this the wrong way. I love his stat set. Uh, But 72, you're rolling the dice, man. There's too much of a chance that that doesn't pan out, in my estimation. Far too big of a chance that that does not pan out. I can't can't in good conscience recommend grabbing this guy when he's going to have to be battling with another point guard on the same team. It's too much possible timeshare i can't i can't do it marcus soul at 73 that's a dangerous move he wasn't very good in toronto last year I, I you know that i often love my old forgotten whatevers but with the raptors he was bad you know he was he was straight up bad last year he played only 25 minutes a game average nine and seven it was a bad run And they didn't lose anybody in their front court. They lost Kawhi Leonard, but that's not someone that's going to give minutes back to Marc Gasol. He'll be better just because there are going to be more opportunities, but he's getting older. He's been super dinged up. Uh, There's an injury concern, and then there's just a steady decline concern. So I know when you hear the name Marc Gasol, you're thinking, Dan's going to like this one. Believe it or not, not really. Too old. We'll do two more. Montrez Harrell at 74. That's a safe spot for him. He's going to have a perfectly safe role with this team. Uh, you have to be okay with the free throw thing because it's a real issue and it's not going away. He was number 71 last year, and that's probably close to where he'll be this season. Clippers brought in a lot of guys, but he's going to be playing center because Ivica Zubats isn't very good. So I'm fine with this one. And finally, Wendell Carter Jr. in Chicago. Kind of a forgotten man, considering he spent most of his rookie season on the shelf. His ADP is 82. He only played 44 games last year, but he did flash some upside. Uh, I like I like uh, Wendell Carter Jr. I think he's going to have a solid year. And I'm fine with him being sort of your number two or number three center at this point. And for this team, to this team's credit, he probably wasn't coming back. You know, he's getting drafted in the 80s. I'd rather get him there. But if your pick is at 75 and, you know, your next one is whatever, we can probably do the math on this. That's, you know, 72 is six rounds, so third pick of the seventh round. That means you're waiting a while. You're toward the, towards the beginning of a round. You got like 18-ish in between you and the next one. So he's not getting back to you. I'm okay with him going here. You know, every little, every little blip there eliminates a tiny bit of the upside, but there is some. So, yeah, I'm okay with that one. 
And we'll put a pin in it now since we're running up on the one-hour mark, and I'd like to, well, take a break from talking. Big thanks to Coach for hopping on, letting us know about the brand-new show, DFS Today. Check it out now. Right after you finish this podcast, just cruise on over to our Twitter feeds. Click the DFS Today button, the iTunes page, so you can rate and review the podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, do the whole thing. It's our newest pet project here at HoopBall. We know you're going to love it. Big thanks to Fantasy Draft for helping us put that thing together as well. Coach and Mike getting that bad boy rolling. I'll be talking to Adrian Benjamins tomorrow. We'll get as far as we can with the draft results from uh, this 16-teamer. And then we'll start breaking down a new one next week. That's basically what we're doing now for the next, like, month and a half. So get used to it. It's almost draft season. And if we squint hard enough, it is the beginning of draft season. I'm Dan Baspers at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Hope you're enjoying this week so far. I know I really am. Again, talking to Adrian tomorrow. Enjoy your Thursday. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.